Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a round table freeform discussion about lore and World of Warcraft. And maybe sometime, eventually, someday in the far future, we'll get to some other games as well. But not today. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch. And I've got both of my beautiful, amazing co-hosts with me today. First up, of course, we've got the other lore columnist for Blizzard Watch, Matt Rossi. Hey, Rossi, what's up? Joe has to be the beautiful one. No, you're both okay beautiful. With this, oddly. You're yeah. both beautiful. I proclaim no. it as such. <laughs> I'm looking at my face, so I, I guess you're talking about my soul or something, because you're definitely not talking about my face. <laughs> Second, because he already piped up, we've got our shaman expert and also our lore expert as well, Joe Perez. Say hi, Joe. Well, hello there, everybody. Man, Dave Cossack favorited my tweet about being a panda. My week is made. Yeah. We owe him a hug for Mr. Pandaria. Oh, yeah, we totally do. Because that was, I loved that expansion. So moving on, this week we're going to kind of, um, we're taking a slightly different tag, but we're kind of bouncing off of what we were talking about last week. Because as I was thinking about what we were talking about last week, it kind of, I had some theories come up and just some wild, you know, as I do. The thing where, you know, you get an idea and then it kind of springboards into something else and springboards into something else. And then suddenly you're looking at something and going, wait, 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 did this mean something completely different? So last week we were talking about evolution, right? Um, evolution about Azeroth creatures and things like that. And we were talking about trolls. And one of the things that stuck with me was when Rossi was talking about trolls and how trolls are... They evolve like crazy. They adapt like crazy. There's there's a million different kinds of troll tribes just depending on where they are regionally speaking. And you could even argue that the night elves themselves were the trolls' natural evolution as a response to exposure to arcane magic, which wasn't something that the trolls had necessarily dealt with in that kind of magnitude before. Um, so what I want to talk about is the idea of Titan defenses versus Azeroth defenses, because there's two separate things going on here. The Titan systems, obviously, we've 
seen them before. They're all over Azeroth. We ran inside a bunch of them when we were in Northrend. But there are systems in place that have come supposedly from Azeroth as well. Um, one of them, I've got Wolfheart in front of me here. Um, one of them is the Ancients. And there's, in Chapter 1 of Wolfheart, it says, The dragons had been empowered by the Titans, but Azeroth itself gave rise to spirits and demigods, creatures eternal in nature yet capable of ultimate sacrifice. And, of course, they're talking about the Ancients there. Um, ancients like Goldrin, Malorn, all of the ones that we run into when we're up in Hyjal. So I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Okay. And I'm wondering what you guys thoughts are on that as far as like well i one thing i was thinking about um mm -hmm. one of the things they talk about was when the night elves appeared like however they got there the night elves took out the trolls in record time it took them almost no time at all to completely destroy the troll empires both of them they took out the gurubashi and the amani they basically pushed them back to like you go live in this little part of the world and you go live in this little part of the world and then and we're the gonna they... blow the world up and split you up even further but that was, you know, that was a couple thousand years after. I'm talking yeah. when they were when they were coming up, and they did it through arcane magic, which they were ridiculously good at. And think about that because it's not like the the old gods are shy about using whatever comes to hand. No. But the old gods' forces did not have anything like the mastery of magic necessary to beat the trolls because the the the, the Akir tried it for millennia. And couldn't pull it off. And the Night Elves pulled it off in like a couple hundred years. They kind Boom. of waltzed right in. Now, is it because that arcane magic in the Well of Eternity came from the Titans? Do uh, think, or? I don't know that, but I know this much. Um, they specifically mentioned, back when the Warcraft Encyclopedia was a thing, you remember that thing, right? Yeah. Uh, back in the, there's like, I was reading the old archive versions of it the other day. And they specifically point out that it was the Night Elves' mastery of, of arcane magic, that they, they couldn't adapt to it. They couldn't figure out, how are they doing this? How are they setting us on fire, then freezing us, then calling lightning down? I don't understand. Uh, and there's the idea that the, the trolls are, if you talk about the trolls as being inherently morphic, if they change in, in response to an environment, and the Night Elves are the trolls multiplied by arcane magic. The thing about the Well of Eternity is, we're still not 100% sure who made it. Like, we think the Titans did. It seems to be the Titans, but we're still not 100% sure. All we know for sure about the Well of Eternity is it's like it pulls in the essence of the Twisting Nether and purifies it. It's like when it comes out of the Well of Eternity, there's no fell, there's no shadow, and there's no light either. It's pure magic. So so it's a giant you, Brita filter is what you're you saying here. <laughs> for magic, yeah. If you if think about though, like why would the Titans do that? Like, What's their endgame? And how's it compare? Like we, we were talking about Titan defenses before. We've talked about the Anima before, and I'll come back to it. But what is the whole purpose of all this shaping? What what are they doing? Never mind. See, defending and I think the if planet. we knew that, we would have like the whole story. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you talk about defense systems, and you talk about Azeroth making the Ancients, like Azeroth itself created them and empowered them. It kind of gave birth to them. That's what's what implied. If, what if they're just Azeroth? Azeroth they are Azeroth. Yeah, because Azeroth itself doesn't have to be like a, it doesn't have to be a single continuous being. It can be distributed, for lack of a better word. I know I'm using computing terms here because you know we live in a modern society, but we know that the we know that the Emerald Dream exists as kind of a backup copy of Azeroth, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the aspects are all nature oriented. They're all tied in, like uh, Cenarius and Malorn, all tie into the Emerald Dream, right? 
Cenarius like didn't tie into the Emerald Dream originally. He was kind of brought there and shown everything by Ysera because Ysera kind of adopted him. Yeah, and but the thing is, is that all of them seem to have a relationship to it. Kind uh, of, yeah. Because when you go to uh, Hygel and you, what's I can't remember the name of the giant turtle that you help. Tordos? Oh, no. Tordos. Yeah, I think it is Tordos, isn't it? It is Tordos. I, I thought Tordos yeah. was the one that was in. Oh no, the Tordos thunder. is the uh, yeah the the thunder. What's his no. name? You know the one I'm talking about, though, the giant uh, turtle that they try to replace with Nemesis? There's it, a turtle ancient. Yeah, Tortola. In Tortola, yeah. And they try to replace They talk about how he basically swims in the waters of the Emerald Dream, blah, blah. Uh, the thing I'm thinking about is that Azeroth seems to have its own, for lack of a better word, its own existence that, that transcends one. It doesn't have a self. It has aspects. Like, they're called aspects, you know? It's well, like the dragon are, aspects are. Yeah, the dragon aspects are, but the dragon aspects come from the whole like, concept of they were empowered by the Titans to protect Azeroth. Azeroth, and the, it's Ysera that showed the Emerald Dream to Cenarius. So it's like the Titan aspects exist kind of as like a kind of maintenance system, but then Azeroth itself actually has its own operation. It, it runs itself. It's self-sustaining. If you want to talk about it in terms of like computers and things like that, though, it's like the Ysera program was set in place by the Titans and decided to incorporate Cenarius and Malorn, like decided to well teach for it me, the programming, you know? See, for me, I think it's if we're talking about it in terms of computers, it's like a dual booting between two OSs, right? Like it's two operating systems that exist side by side. Yeah. They each have their purpose, but they can each be aware or made of aware of each other through an intermediary or a boot sector, right? Like they, they, there can be a bootstrap loader that does that. And in a way that's what the dragon aspects kind of were. They were kind of like that interface between what the Titan operating system was, what their MMO, what their MO was and what the natural order of Azeroth was because they were acutely aware of it. Right. It's another and, thing to think about too, in that subject, the, the dragon aspects aren't, titan creations as such no they're they're the bridge point their aspect nature is comes from the titans but the proto drakes existed existed, they were here and they were at least semi-intelligent i mean if you read i know ann's read it i'm sure joe has read it too when you read you know the the dawn of the aspects book oh yeah it's right there that they had they thought and felt and did and talked you know and they were primitive sure but yeah, they they were primitive, but you know, I mean, look look at trolls sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I almost kind of I'm wondering if we should be looking at it as a computer or looking at it as like well, an I organism. Because if you I look at it like an organism, like Azeroth as an organism, then I think things that, like the ancients and whatnot would be kind of like the white blood cells. They're sort of there to like protect and that kind of thing, and the what the aspects almost act like a vaccine or something they See, were kind of genetically modified and introduced into this system yeah i was trying to i keep trying to come up with a better analogy for it and i keep failing because i'm trying to like force it a little bit but what i'm thinking yeah. about here is if you think of the of azeroth as an offspring a child the the child grows its mind develops our minds aren't we, we present our minds as a single unified coherent self but, but we know that that's not necessarily an accurate view of how we really think. There's not one eye. There's hundreds of thousands of thought processes going on in your head at any given second. If you look at the aspects as, for lack of a better word, they're, they're what the, the mind is being taught. They are 
the, the cre- your your parents teach you things. The aspects serve that role. The tit- if you think of the Titans as the th- parents of Azeroth, the the aspects are stuff you're taught. They are things that you learn directly from the people that that raised you. The the uh, ancients are things you create. They're the, they're the as the things you look at the world and and you you come up with ideas for it. For lack of a better word, you incorporate your life experience and make things. That's Again, I'd want to say defense system, but that's not – that's a mechanical thing, and I'm trying to be organic here. But I'm trying to think about the mind. The mind generates – well, like if you experience trauma – Like a reactionary instinct. Yeah. If you experience trauma, your mind has ways to cope with it. It comes up with with ways to incorporate the trauma and become stronger or – Isolate it, wall it off, repress it. These are kind of like if you're a kid and you get bowled over by a dog that doesn't know what it's doing or whatever, and suddenly you have a phobia of dogs and you just kind of avoid them. Or in some cases, the, you, that same kid could learn instead how to deal with dogs from that. Yeah, point. and it's that's what the 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 ancients and the uh, the ones in Pandaria, uh, whose name at the moment I'm not getting, but they're they're technically still the ancient. August Celestials. Yeah, the August Celestials are basically still ancients. They're just ancients under a different name. And they seem like you got compassion and hope. And these are all things you want to have in response to the world. But they have to they have to still fight for that. Like uh, when, when Neo Zhao was, was dealing with the Mogu, he lost. The Mogu beat Neo Zhao. And in that day, he, all his strength was for nothing, all his fortitude. Now, he isn't really strength, but, you know, all his endurance didn't avail him. He didn't win. Uh these are the, the the ancients and and the August Celestials. They're stuff Azeroth needs to cope with the universe, but they're not they're not invincible. We saw that in the War of Eter- the War of uh, the, not the, I think the War of Eternity, but the uh, the original the invasion, the War of the Ancients. Yeah, the ancients. Some of the ancients died, and some of them got corrupted. Look at Goldrin. We talked about Goldrin last time. Goldrin got fell tainted. You know, your your desire to protect yourself can turn into a bad thing. You can become overprotective or manic or, you know, these are, you, you can be hurt. And it, it's like Azeroth's, it, but they don't die permanently either. I mean, because Cenarius, Cenarius really died. I mean, what I find like really interesting about that whole aspect of it is that it seems similar to what happens when we kill a demon. We kill a demon, it goes back to the Twisting Nether and then it can theoretically come back again. You kill an ancient and it goes to somewhere we don't know where but we can bring it back again so is this azeroth's version of a demon or well i mean we know this about demons the, de- the like for instance the demons that come from blood sacrifice were created by the titans not the they weren't created by the burning legion or sargeras and they didn't pre-exist they were straight up made by titans to hunt down people who use blood sacrifice that's we we learned that in the uh the warlock experience the the green fire quests um originally those de- those demons that come when you make blood sacrifice were were hunting it, and when Sargeras went rogue, he turned some of them. So that technique is known by the Titan. The Titans know that method of replication, for lack of a better word, that that w- that means to keep going. So it's quite possible they built it into Azeroth, like just built it in. Because again, while there's a se- these are separate things, they're not part of each other. At the same time, the Titans made Azeroth. So everything Azeroth is, and the, and the Emerald Dream is a huge part of what Azeroth is, everything it, that it is comes from the Titans. It's part of the Titans' design. So, Joe, I want to hear your thoughts on this subject, 
So it, it's kind of an interesting thing because I've always thought of it not as a, a living organic creature. I've always thought of it in the terms of a computer, just based basically based on the way that the Titans ordered and also used an integrated technology into the creation of Azeroth. Look at those giant engines that we have at every at every certain, so often, every so or each of these points throughout Azeroth. They're there. They're present. They had a purpose. They were there for some reason. Um, you know, you're talking about replication. Look at look at the engine that we find in the Mists of Pandaria expansion, where it still is capable of generating life. It is still capable of generating new bodies. Uh, this technology is part of the world as a whole, right? So I don't think I think that it's kind of one of those things where I think how to phrase this. It's not a wholly organic thing anymore, and I don't think that any world that the Titans touch becomes or, or remains a completely organic thing. So that at least that's the way I'm looking at it, right? And that's the way that the, the things that I'm seeing that are happening there. And I'm thinking when we're talking about the aspects before the the dragon aspects, they were sort of that integration point. They were that bridge point. They were the gap filler. They were what was there to make sure that the organic materials that they crafted or that they they perused around or pushed around worked well with the technology that they implemented into maintaining that world. And I think that right now what makes Azeroth Azeroth is the fact that there's a balance point between the two. And I think that's that's kind of one one of the most interesting things to me about when we start talking about Titan Tech is that I don't think one could possibly exist without the other anymore at this point. See, I I think actually the whole point is that, that that's exactly what they want to have happen, is that one will exist without the other. I see all the, the, the old Titan bases. There's a reason they're all deserted. I see all the uh, the engine of Nalek Shah in uh, Pandaria, or the engine of the Makers in Northrend, both of which could still create, the, the Creation Forge in Northrend worked just fine. Both could still create new bodies, and Loken used the Creation Forge in Northrend to create wholly inorganic uh, Vrykul mm-hmm. and, and dwarves that, that would never succumb to the curse of flesh, which is interesting because if you go to Uldaman, and I always bring it back to Uldaman because I feel like people don't do, don't run Uldaman anymore and they don't see it. But there's so but, much there. There's yeah, a lot there. When you go to Uldaman uh, and you, you get to the discs of Norganon and the, the, the uh, I won't remember what his name is, he the, the Avatar of Norganon? Because he shows up again in Ulduar. Um I don't remember. It's like a projection. Whatever it's, it's he is, Organon himself, the avatars in Northrend. Whatever the the Norganon thing, it's the same thing in both places. He shows up and he basically gives you a, a speech about exactly what the Earthen are and why they existed and how they became the various things they became, how they turned into um, dwarves and trogs. And one of the things he talks about is that Azeroth was unusual in that usually they use a, a synthetic matrix to create um, servitors to help shape worlds. On Azeroth, they used an Earth, a matrix that incorporated the rocky materials of the world. And that's unique to Azeroth that they did this. He makes a point of it that this is not usually what they do. They usually use biomatter. They don't usually use inorganic materials. Why did they use inorganic materials on Azeroth? He never specifically says. Well, and we kind of, if we want to tie it back to that passage in Wolfheart, there's a sentence before um, that says... From the dawn of its reshaping by the mysterious Titans, Azeroth had been guarded by beings who were tied to the world as no other creatures could be. That implies that the aspects weren't actually birthed by Azeroth until the Titans had reshaped the world. Like, it was a response mechanism Mm -hmm. 
to them doing whatever it was they were doing. And that may be why they didn't use the organic matter, because Azeroth was doing something different. Yeah, and there's really, it's interesting to me because it implies something about the Curse of Flesh, which is that we told over and over again the Curse of Flesh is caused by the Old Gods. The Old Gods used it to assimilate, better assimilate the uh, beings that the Titans had created. Why do they need them to be flesh to assimilate them they command and control elementals with ease elementals are made out of things like rock and fire and water and air why did every time i read that pa- that passage in the in the uh the halls of lightning um part no it's halls of stone my apologies yeah it's halls you go to halls of stone and you do the the um the tribunal the, of ages yeah every time i read it i keep thinking to myself something is going on here this i, I keep remembering Loken has been in control of these systems for millennia. And Loken is in the hands of Yogg-Saron. And Loken engineered the war that allowed him to put the vast majority of giants and Vrykel and Iron Dwarves in suspended animation. He caused that war so that he could put the Titans' defensive systems on shutdown. That's all stated in the Tribunal of Ages, that Loken is behind everything and has been for a very long time. Why did he need to do that? Was it just to to release Yog saron Because he doesn't make any move to release Yog saron for thousands of years. And keep in mind this, too. Loken is the one who called Algalon. I mean, and deliberately, he knew what was going to well, happen. Well, he didn't call Algalon. No, it was he, his death. Yes, but his he deliberately set up his death. Response. He set up his own death. Oh, that's right. He didn't. He? he set up his own death. He knew we would come kill him. He knew it. Did he want the place reoriginated? Was that? That's that's what I've always wondered. Like, what was what was his end game? Like, was this his last bit of resistance? Was he saying, like, you know, Yog Saron's been corrupting me for thousands of years, but I can come up with an end game. I can make them kill me. I've got that one last hurrah. Yeah, and I've never like I don't know. Was that Yog Saron wanting that to happen because if they reoriginate the planet, he might get out. Or was that Loken wanting it because if they reoriginate the planet, it will finally kill the old gods? That I've never known and never been able to figure out. But that, that's all your outside system in operation. That's an interesting thought, though, that that was his last-ditch effort to like rid the world of this thing that had been corrupting him for millennia. And you want to talk, like, uh, Joe's talking about, like, the machine systems versus organic systems and, and the points of integration. Azeroth, like, right there... The Watchers are are definitely the machine part, right? Mm-hmm. And and the the aspects are almost like a program that they initiated to monitor the situation, right? Like oh, if we think of, yeah. If we think of all the organic life on Azeroth as the code that they're running, then the aspects become like what what do you want to call them? Like Watcher daemons? They they become you know monitoring systems, but they don't like Azeroth itself actually has a completely different like for lack of a better word antivirus system that it runs and that's the, the you know the uh, the ancients well and what i find interesting though is like those ancients weren't spawned until the titans showed up and started messing with things like that was yeah. azeroth's response to oh hey there's somebody here doing something to this planet we better do something about it which here then, let's have some giant animal gods which then begs the question of why they waited till then Right. With, with, with the, the, the old the war, gods were there. The, yeah, I was gonna say the old gods were waging like this titanic war against each other over the entire the, the planet. Like, why did they wait until the Titans oh, came? Oh, oh, oh! Wait a minute. Maybe they didn't wait because before the 
coming of the Titans, Azeroth had no consciousness because it was nothing but boiling chaos. You Ooh. can't have consciousness without That's, order. There you go. So, okay. so Azeroth exists. There's old gods all over the surface of it, constant elemental combat. Titans show up and they order it and reorganize it, and that makes a consciousness. And they weren't necessarily even trying to. It creates the Emerald Dream. That's the consciousness. Yeah. That's the dream. And then when, once you do that, it's like we have kids. Like thinking, again, using the kid mo- mo- metaphor, when you have a kid, you think of the kid as your kid. But then one day comes and the kid isn't your kid anymore. It's whoever it is. It's still, you know, it's obviously still your child, but its identity is set. It's something else. It's evolved. From, yeah, it becomes its own person. Can, can Azeroth do that? Because it wasn't like when you kill Li Shen and... Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the, the little black dragon. My God, what's wrong with Rathion. me Rathion. Rathion, thank you. Oh, my God. But like, when, <laughs> when Rathion eats Li Shen's heart, the thing he says that, you know, we must create the final titan. Like, what if that's, you know, I think Ian's even, you've even said this before, that titans might be born in this fashion. Haven't you? Yeah, I have. I kind of implied that Azeroth was like, maybe, maybe... Oh, God, that was so long ago. It was one of my tinfoil hats from, like, years and years and years ago where I was talking about that whole creation story and how it says, you know, in the beginning, Titans created Azeroth, da-da-da-da. And I'm like, well, what's another word for creating? What about procreation? What if Azeroth is, like, a Titan egg or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't even know. I mean, it's very possible that in order to create a Titan, you need a world to be created first and the world that gives it a place to be. I don't know. I know that... Azeroth definitely, I don't want to say does things for itself, but it almost feels like Azeroth, rather than the old gods, is what created the Curse of Flesh, or used it, because it's like all these Titan creations became organic, became part of Azeroth. What uh, what Rathion says, what Rathion says in that moment, right? He eats the heart, and he goes into this weird trance, and he says, oh, I see them, a million, million worlds glittering in their perfection, but one above all the others, oh, and then he does that whole weird beacon of light speaking in strange, his voice is not his voice, and he says, we have fallen, we must rebuild the final titan, do not forget. Well, then after that, it. too, when he says that, and then after that, too, like, right after that, it immediately cuts off. He says, I don't remember, remember any, any of it. Of it. Oh, none, none of them, of them. remember the irony. Yeah. Yeah. What was he saying? What was he talking? If we knew what he was talking about, we would seriously. Ah, oh, this is why I hope Rathion shows up in Legion. I really hope he shows up because there's so many points there that just they weren't touched. And I have a feeling we're going to see him in some aspect because when they were talking about Legion and when they were talking about what we're doing in Legion, one of the things that we're doing in Legion is we're searching for Titan artifacts and they're called the pillars of creation. And I don't know about you guys, but that screams to me that we're going to figure something out here. We're going to figure out something fairly substantial here in regards to how Azeroth came to be. I hope. I want to know how they connect to the big pillar in, in Deep Home. Yeah. And I want to know, like... Was was that the same kind of thing, but for the elemental plane of Earth? Oh, and the well, pillars and trolls are the planes too. until after they imprisoned the elementals, though. So I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with it. Maybe not. Um, however, let's go ahead and, and bump this forward a little bit here because we also kind of um, when we're looking at Azeroth and we're looking at Azeroth in this aspect, we also have to kind of look at Draenor because Draenor was touched by the Titans, and I think Kosak. 
if I remember right, Kosak said in one of the BlizzCon panels, he said that pretty much every planet out there has been touched by the Titans in some way. So if we look at Draenor, Draenor paints a really different kind of picture because there is Titan tech and there's evidence of Titan tech all over the place, but there's the defense mechanisms aren't quite there. Or maybe they are, and that's the primals and the breakers. You know, Draenor doesn't feel like it has defense mechanisms in the slightest because it doesn't feel like the kind of planet that needs them. Kind of. Dra- Draenor feels like the planet you get sent to. You know, I, I don't know how to put this. It's like Azeroth, Azeroth's got a lot going on, and it certainly is a bad planet to invade, as we've proved on multiple occasions. Azeroth needs protecting more than Draenor needs protecting for some reason. It feels like Draenor well, is almost like a like a place like I don't want to say a, skunk- a savage land. Well, yeah, but I don't want to say it's a skunk works. But you know what I mean? Like if it we on Azeroth, we have places like like Ungoro and Sholazar, and and you know the the, the uh, island of Di- the dinosaur island there, the, the Isle of Giants, and it feels like all of Draenor is that or was at some point. Like the whole planet is a place to test out ideas. Like what if we made gigantic plant things? Yeah, we did. Yeah, there they are. <laughs> it's sort of like Developer Island. <laughs> like seriously, we talked about this once. Like in terms of Draenor not having an Emerald Dream because Draenor is its own Emerald Dream. Yeah. Like rather than yeah. having separate layers, like Azeroth has a separate elemental plane for every elemental. Like you know, Fire One, Water One, Earth One. It's got the Emerald Dream. Whereas it's like they took all of that where it's like all separated out and stratified and very organized on Azeroth, and they just jammed it all together like Play-Doh on Draenor. Well, maybe it's just a testament to the fact that it's like a survivalist dream, right? Like, it's, it's <clears throat> like for lack, of, for lack of a better analogy, it is the toughest planet that we have seen, right? Like, in, it, obviously, it's the only other planet we've seen so far, but still, it's still the toughest planet that we've seen. It adapts, its people adapt in such a way that I don't think the natives of the vast majority of the natives of Azeroth were capable of doing because it, there was more than just trolls back on our side, but over there, I mean, look at the orcs, look at, look at all the other native indigenous races for until the planet blew up in our timeline, they were there, they were going strong. Let's put and it this way. Instead of night elves being affected by any kind of arcane magic or anything like that, we've got the ogres mm-hmm. who kind of found these stones that were presumably Titan stones, Titan relics, and learned how to use them and manipulate them with such proficiency that they pretty much ruled Draenor for a while. The Gorian Empire was huge. And it might still be in parts of it. Who knows? Yeah. What what gets me about Draenor is this. And a friend of mine was actually talking to me about this one time we were raiding, uh, and he made this comment, and I've always remembered it. He's like, do you realize that orcs are the gnomes of, of Draenor? Yeah. They're the smallest, smartest ones on the whole planet. They're the little tiny ones, and it's like... When we got to Draenor, what do we find evidence of? There were once giants on Draenor so big that their bodies make perfectly good cities. Yep. Yeah. You can make a city out of that Grom's body. Like, the Magnaron, who are enormous, who are so big that they are like they like look down on Gron, are not even close to that big. Like so that always amazes me about Draenor. It's like this is a planet where life started out really big. Huge. Like, well, you've got the breakers wandering around, and you've got the primals, and the primals have those like like mammoth. Uh, they look like the, the the centaur mammoth people. They're they're like four legged monster the Genisar, things. Yeah. yeah, and they're like enormous, and it's just like, and they're just only big enough to take on a Magnaron, which is like again not even the biggest that they ever were. 
No, and there was this, you know, they date back to the Age of Colossals. Yeah. And the Age of Colossals is, there's a lot of big things roaming all over Draenor. The thing that I find kind of interesting about this, though, is that the Primals and the Breakers seem to have their whole own predetermined thing that they're trying to do. So the Primals are trying to, obviously, create plant life and just make the whole planet into this overgrown, lush jungle. All these little creatures, like the orcs and any of the organic creatures, really, they're, they're just, they're fertilizer. It's walking, talking fertilizer to these guys. And oh. then you've got the breakers, and the breakers, their whole thing, their whole MO, is that they want to just terraform the planet into dirt and rocks. So it's like these two aspects of shaping are at odds. I just, this just hit me in the face. Okay, go ahead. I cannot believe I hadn't thought of this. All right, so there's no separate elemental plane. The elementals can just run loose on Draenor any way they want to. Yep. There are beings that are running loose chaotically trying to force plant life. There are beings running around trying to chaotically strip everything down to rock and stone. There are elements of Titan technology everywhere. And down in the spires of a rock, that red goo will corrupt you if it touches you. And we know that there were once old gods summoned by Arakoa on our Draenor. Yeah, which implies is, that they're there on this Draenor. This is a pre-shaping world. This is a pre... Azeroth was shaped. The Titans set it up, then came back later and shaped it and found that they got infested by old gods, so they did the whole thing. This is a pre-shaping world. This is a world still in the process of formation by Titan standards. So they basically came, set things up on it, left, and they didn't get a chance to come back to actually this is organize a world, it. This world is still in the oven. Oh. And, interesting. And here we are, messing with it. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. <laughs> no, what I no, find not... interesting, though, is like the primals... The primals are actually, they're actively seeking out Titan artifacts. Like, they know that they're there, and they would like to find them so that they can use them for what they're doing. I, they're I feel smart. The primals... They're not, none of these, they look like they're dumb. They're like these giant things that don't really talk or anything, right? But the they're is, the... far more intelligent than you would think that they are. The primals are made out of rock in a lot of places, right? Like, at least the Magnaron are. And, no, and that's the, the breakers. breakers. Oh, breakers. the breakers. The primals okay. are the plant guys. The primals are plant guys. Genesars. I was going to say this, like it's the the rock dudes, the breakers. They feel an awful lot like like they have their their set purpose is like just to render everything down. Like it feels like they shouldn't be fighting the primals. They should go ahead of the primals. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they should bulldoze like, it, and then the primals come in after and landscape. almost like their 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 order of operations was like messed up. Like, somewhere the Breakers got turned around and started working back against the Primals when it seems like they should have, like you said, they should have been tilling the land and the Primals should have been cultivating But then they should both have stopped. This is my problem. And they never stopped. I think both of them are still going when they should have stopped. But it's it's like the the Rheus effect, right? It's the Rheus effect. It's the constant cycle of of breaking down and rebirth. Okay, I have a question. And bear with me here, because this is kind (laughs) of like an out-of-the-box question. You said that maybe Draenor hasn't been revisited yet? Like, like it's still yeah. in the process of baking? What if it's not in the process of baking, but the Titans haven't come back? There's a reason the Titans haven't come back. That's possible. Like, they were supposed to come back at some point. What they if didn't get a chance to come back, and that's when everything went haywire. Yeah, because it, maybe it got to the completion point. 
Like, it, in other words, it went ding. The oven, like, dinged, and it was like, oh, that was the timer. Oh, but crap. You know, but nobody came to check the meatloaf, and now it's just like this kind of blackened husk sitting well, that, in there burning. That sort of ties back in with the whole Raffion thing, too, because, I mean, if we're talking about the idea of, oh, no, they've forgotten, you have a couple possibilities, right? What if... You know, because we don't know what the ex- where, where the Titans are. We don't know what's happened to them. What if something's happened that they can't, like, or they've forgotten about certain projects? Or they've forgotten about the existence of so many things. I mean, you order a million billion worlds, you're going to lose track of something somewhere, right? Or what if it's the possibility that everything that they've set up to kind of work in their wake as they kind of make this one giant circuit and then loop back to the beginning? What if everything that they've programmed or everything they've set to bake forgot what the hell it was supposed to do uh, at least possibly for Draenor, yeah because it's weird we t- i was just thinking about algalon when you said that algalon says i've seen a million million worlds bathed in the maker's flames so that implies that there's a there's you know algalon has been in operation is he the only observer they have and if if not do they have like hundreds of thousands tens of thousands of them what do they do um do the, in the algalon's currently still hanging around azeroth trying to figure us out that implies that if he's the only observer they got, that a whole lot of stuff isn't getting observed. Well, maybe, or unless it goes back to the whole Loken thing, too, where he was the prime designate of Azeroth, right? What if they have a prime designate for each of the planets that is supposed to check in with Algalon? Just yeah. like, you know, like, when we killed Loken, that was the kill switch, right? That was that was the heart monitor, it was stopped, it was like, oh god, now the beacon goes up because he now the prime designate is gone. What yeah. if he is the only observer, but he is not concerned with the other worlds because everybody else keeps checking in? Okay, we had to go back to Algalon's speech because Algalon's speech was really important during that fight, right? When you defeat yep. him, he says, I've seen worlds bathed in the Maker's Flames. Their denizens fading without so much as a whimper. Entire planetary systems born and raised in the time that it takes your mortal hearts to beat once. Yet all throughout my own heart devoid of emotion, of empathy, I have felt nothing a million million lives wasted had they all held within them your tenacity had they all loved life as you do perhaps it is your imperfections that which grants you free will that allows you to persevere against all cosmically calculated odds you prevail where the titan's own perfect creations have failed yeah and does he mean himself in that that, he's you know, talking he says, about us, us adventurers no, that are when there. He says that I fa- when he says when the Titans own perfect creations, is he is the he Titans own perfect creation? Yeah. And says have failed, does he mean I have obviously failed? Or is he talking about the planets that he's seen blown up? And is for that the, matter, you know, how do, what do we We don't know that they re-originate every failure. No. What if Draenor is just abandoned? What yeah, if like they started a, it? They started it, they got to a certain point and said... This is not doing what we yeah, want. Yeah, this isn't. We quite- uh, we put a little too much pepper on this one. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, and and left to their own devices, their creation. Since they didn't separate them out, they didn't create a stratified order. Maybe that's why Azeroth has stratified order because it didn't. When they tried a planet where everything just existed together, and you got Tranor, where you know even the plants are just trying to constantly make you mulch. You know, we can't raise this. This isn't going to do what we want because it's too busy trying to kill everything on it. See, and we're running up against like what is essentially the, the biggest problem with this discussion is that we only know two worlds, technically three if you want to count past and present um, or alternate well, past. We, we, we've Theoretically, we have actually seen one other because we did go to that demon planet 
to fight that one uh, Manoroth looking dude when we were doing Talador. Yeah, but that was like a pocket dimension type and thing, we're gonna, which is its oh, own. That's that's a whole other discussion. We also we we know enough of Zor- of Argus to know certain things about it, and we know we're about to see a prison planet that was created by the Titans solely to hold monstrous and demon demonic things. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is like is. So the, the 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 planet that houses the demons, if that was created solely as a prison, yeah, that that kind of operates outside of our normal our discussion as far as this goes. Yeah, Argus, uh, we do know more about that than than we have in the past several years, just because of the different story arcs with the Drenai, uh, which is great, and I absolutely love it. But I still want to know more. We know we know so precious little about that planet's reorganization, and because that planet is essentially no longer there. Um, or at least no longer accessible to us in, in any meaningful way, we kind of lack the information as far as were their same system set up? Was everything that happened there, was that a failure of the Titans? Was it something that was caused by, you know, their own their own miscalculations? Or was it to say, they said, you know what, this is going to blow up, we don't want anything to do with it, we're done, move on to the next world. You know what's interesting about Argus, too, is 25,000 years ago, when, when Sargeras came to Argus, they were on the cusp of their fifth or sixth big civilization. Yeah. They'd actually, that planet had had like at least 30,000 years of, of society before he showed up, which means it, it seems like, it, in terms of creation purposes, Argus is way older than Azeroth. And we're working pretty well. And I wrote a crazy, I wrote a really crazy KYL way back in the day where I actually postulated that, that Argus was Azeroth in the future. <laughs> I remember because, that one. It was great, yeah. Bendy. Because you know you've got the Mogu. What if the Mogu and the trolls interbred and they ended up as the as the the ancestors of the Draenei? And it just. But my point was only that we don't like what the the fact that the crystal was on Argus, the crystal that became all the Atomai crystals, the one that they used to summon the Naru in the first place, was already there. And Naru had already been in touch with them. It was a holy relic of their people, and they had no idea like how it had got there. Like they, long, they knew... long ago, somewhere along the line, the Naru visited these guys, left the crystal, and then just kind of deserted them. And they didn't even know that it would call Naru. They just knew it was holy. Yeah. Like, like this is a holy relic of our people. That's all they got. That, so, like, we, we were talking about titans and aspects and ancients. And we haven't really touched on the Naru or the Void Beings because that's like way outside the wheelhouse for Azeroth. But like we don't is it though? We we don't know. Like has Azeroth before before the coming of the Draenei have the Azeroth ever seen the Naru? I mean, I know. know, (laughs) Well, yeah, I know. We 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 could talk about that. Uh, But seriously, have they? Like where where does all this light come from? And the thing is fascinating here. You know? Okay, we talk about the Adamal crystal. We talk about the crystal was set on the planet and it was just a holy relic, right? But it implies that, yes, the Naru were there. They contacted them at one point in time and left, right? Yep. They had to have contacted them so long ago that the, a race as long lived as the Draenei are had time to forget them. Yeah, what or. If- or had their culture ruined? I'm sorry, Joe. No, no, it's it's fine. I was like, what if you know, just kind of a the same thought of like your mind bending theory of Argus being Azeroth in the future. What if what if Draenor isn't a separate planet? What if it's just a way, way, way old version of Azeroth? What if it's the pre baked version 
and then Azeroth is what happened after the Titans came back to reset everything. Like it's the same world? Like it's like what if it's all the same? What if all three are the same world propagated throughout oh, time and space and and, and, and wait a minute and, and then and, and that and that the the linkage between worlds that was the Dark Portal isn't actually a linkage between worlds, but is bending through time, space, and dimensions. So it was always in a time portal, so it didn't matter that he changed it to time portal. Exactly. So it was always a time portal. What if? The well, wait orcs... a minute. That, that implies that when when Draenor got blown up. In, in possible, the, well, we've already talked about this in previous episode. That actually wasn't our. That wasn't our timeline. It's that time wasn't our timeline, portal. and we've talked about that where the multiverse exists, right? Where all these planets exist. What if there is only one universe that, that we know of, but it doesn't have all these planets? What if it's just the multiverse layered upon each other throughout instances of time and space? Ah. And what if what if Draenor, like I said, what if Draenor is the pre-baked version of Azeroth, and that's why it was so? Because we see we see these evidence on Azeroth too, of of these creatures that were so big. And, you know, we, there's stories about them. If you do any of the dwarf archaeology stuff, even even back in the days of classic WoW, where they talk about all these creatures that existed, these titans of the of the world that existed so long ago that they're just starting to uncover them. Okay, okay, okay. Wait. <laughs> If we're going to talk about brain bending stuff here, right? Okay, let's go back to the Emerald Dream for a second. The Emerald Dream, what the Emerald Dream is, you know, people call it a backup copy of Azeroth, and that's not exactly, I mean, it's apt, but it's not quite what it is. The it, It's a backup copy of Azeroth, yes, but it's also, um, it's kind of like a data record of everything the Titans were doing when they were experimenting on the world and organizing the world. So there's several different layers to it, and there are sections that are like, completely unfinished it is developer island essentially there are sections in there that where it was like you could see a titan had said i want to put a mountain right here no on second thought i don't want to put the mountain there but we'll just preserve it here so we know that i had looked at that change and i don't want to actually make it right that's that's what the emerald dream is kind of it has a bunch of different layers and things like that it's it's kind of incomprehensibly multifaceted in that fashion so if we go by this whole theory that, that Draenor is Azeroth, what if we fold that in with Argus is Azeroth? Mm-hmm. What if we fold that in to the universe itself is this multi-layered entity and it's the same planet? It's the same planet. All of the planets are the same. One version of Azeroth ended up into a prison world. One version of Azeroth ended up as Draenor. One version of Azeroth ended up evolving into Argus and then getting corrupt. The, the Titans aren't traveling through the universe. They're traveling through different planes of reality and affecting this one world. And in our particular reality, something is happening that and that hasn't happened before in any of these other versions of reality. Watch, and watch then you look at you, and what is given to you to to ensure the sanctity of time. Ah! But one true timeline. One true timeline, because one true timeline. This world ends up with that Azeroth, that reality. This world, which is the world we're from in the first. And I wrote this. I did this one a long time ago. I know, right? And it all ties in. Yeah. If this if this Azeroth. Is the is the progenitor Azeroth the one that they need to come into existence? That would explain why they can't reoriginate it lightly. That if they want, that's why they would go through all the trouble of coming up with another way to deal with the old gods. And the they old did, gods are always there because they exist in every reality. And that's why it's, we've seen. And that's why we've seen Cthune on Draenor and Outland. And that's the Burning we, Legion is the same across the same, the all Legion realities because it's and what one if, planet. It's one right, planet. Right. 
when he's talking about seeing entire worlds raised in the time it takes your mortal heart to beat once. Right. Because it is the same place. Over and over and over and over and over again. Of course he's seen it happen in the time it takes your mortal heart to beat once. Because it's happening right now. It is always happening. my god. And and what if the Well of Eternity isn't necessarily like a depository that's to tie it all back? And this is what what kind of started me on the three. Not only if it's an anchor point, what if it's the sliders theory? What if that's their entry point between worlds? Oh, what if God. every world has Wait, that point? Because no. they opened a portal to Sarkaris to let portable, him in. Exactly. So what if, that's, what if all of these things are connected via that way? What if that is one umbilicus that, that, that sort of ties all of these realities together? It's more and than an umbilicus. And that's why it's a gateway. No, it's more than an umbilicus and it's more than a gateway. It's the engine. It's how the multiverse is spun off. It's the engine that powers this whole thing. And you just mentioned it before at the beginning of the show, and I let it slip. The engines that they built everywhere on Azeroth. Why does it need them? Because oh. they're what generates the power. Oh, it has engines. my God. This is, you're looking at the engine. We must, create, we must rebuild the final Titan. They've all forgotten. We're They've forgotten that the, it's the same thing? No, they've forgotten. Essentially, they've forgotten how to run the bloody thing. Oh. They built this edifice, and nobody knows how to make it work. Because it's like, it's like the standard. the well of eternity? Well, no, because, well, and partially, possibly because of that. But it's like a standard template machine, right? Like, there's this, this whole theory uh, in current day uh, metaphysics that there's what we call STC, standard template constructions, uh, that have existed throughout time, and that technology is sort of cyclical, right? We've steam create- engines come when it's steam engine time. Right, exactly, and then they're forgotten about, then they're rediscovered, and then they're forgotten about, and then they're rediscovered, and then so on and so forth, and it's a there's cycle certain of- things that Yeah, there's certain things that exist because their form and function suit the place where they are created. Exactly. What if that's what it was? Yeah. If you want to make a, a multiverse, you need an Azeroth. You took to be at the heart of it to run this, but there needs to be one so yeah. long ago that they've forgotten. They've they've forgotten where the manual. Is. Oh, or for that matter, you know it, what was the that Rathian says? There needs to be what, what there's one above all. They're shining in their perfection, but one above all. One above all others. It's not just a template. It's not just a portal. It's not just a gateway, and it's not just an engine. It's all those things, and that means that it is. The multiverse. If you want to have... The Titans could not destroy the planet to get rid of the old gods. Because if they did so, it would eliminate the multiverse itself. Which also gives us a really good point of why the Legion is so focused specifically on Azeroth. And this is why Kozak said that Azeroth is unique as opposed to every other world we've visited. We've talked about that we were the linchpin and we didn't figure out why. What if this is why? Azeroth is the keystone. We are the keystone for the entire multiverse. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so we should probably, you know... Stop? No, no, no. We should probably... (laughs) uh, Stop before everything dies! ...mention to our listeners, while we're very excited about this theory, it is, in fact, a theory. Oh, yeah. Please, please, please understand. This is not this. official lore. We're just puzzling things out. We are we are wearing you're our tinfoil hats tin foil in full hat. effect here. Yeah, you're seeing how tinfoil hat theories kind of come into play here. This is the kind of thinking that we do in our heads when we're coming up with these things. 
This is what used to be at like four o'clock in the morning. Exactly. This is this is one of those four o'clock in the morning conversations where we were in the newsroom just bouncing things off of you. This is like a perfect example of that. So don't take anything that we've said as any kind of indicator of official lore because obviously it's not. It's just we're gigantic nerds and we talk a lot. <laughs> That said, if anybody from Blizzard is happening to listen to this and wants to use this as a story, I mean, we're here. We're off. We'll help you. <laughs> I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm pretty Somebody, sure that they have this story all wrapped up in their head somewhere. Because I think that when we see uh, Chronicle, World of Warcraft Chronicle, the first volume comes out next year. And it covers everything from creation to the first war, beginning of the first war, I think. Um, something like that. You, you, you had mentioned it before. It's kind of an in-depth look at all of that, and I have a feeling that that's going to clear up a lot of these questions that we Which have. Will, it'll only create more. And it'll probably invalidate everything we talked about today, but that's okay. That's the beauty of tinfoil hats. They're never true until they are. <laughs> They're never going to actually confirm the, the Elune one, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, the Elune one, they went as far as they could with it without actually confirming it either way. But the thing is, is like Elune could be a Naru because the Naru would be an ever-present force, right? On every world of the multiverse. It's just baffling to me. Now, how does, what what did Sargeras see then? Did he see that this was kind of like a pointless process? What drove him mad? Was it was it that they could never create the one true perfect whatever? Or, I mean, or you know, the interesting thing about Sargeras is we keep assuming that he's gone mad. What if he's, and I don't think what he's if he's the good mad. guy in all of this? He's, he's, I, I, I don't think he's the good guy. I no, don't. I just, but I just think, I think that this that might maybe... actually be – he might be a necessary part of the process. Because remember, the Titans made those demons in the first place. Yeah. The ones that hunt down sacrificial they magic. Like they, they, they... He's the cleanup crew? No, um, more along the lines of you can't have – without. You can't have order without chaos. And you can't like certain processes require painful things. Like in order to to perform surgery, you slice people open. In order to you know tr- you know be a gardener, you trim leaves off of plants. Destruction is an inherent part of the creative process. Look at the bakers, the breakers, and the primals. Their dest- you know, destruction is part of the creative process. They they may be like they might be broken in how they're doing it. The process may have gone awry. But when the process goes awry, maybe you need somebody. Maybe like that's the thing. He took up the most unpleasant duty imaginable. Because think about it, Algalon didn't even seem to realize that they all loved life as we do. No. And once he realized it, it broke him. Algalon's busted. He is not doing his job. He's just hanging around watching us. He's observing because he wants Because we're an anomaly. We weren't supposed to happen, and he's not sure. He hasn't got anything in his programming that tells him how to process this. So he's trying. He's like a VI trying to or an AI, you know, trying to figure out, trying to process all of this and make sense out of it. No, imagine you're the, you are the champion of the Pantheon. You are the guy that defends from all outside forces. And you understand that in order to create this one perfect, absolutely flawless Azeroth, you have to kill trillions of thinking, feeling people. They all have to come and die. Maybe it does push him over the edge, or maybe he accepts it. Maybe he's like, all right, we need somebody to, to, to prune, and we need somebody to, fu- to push back against you, and that's going to be me. I have to do it. No one else can. That's the thing is we have no earthly conception of what the heck is going on in Sargeras's mind that he thinks what he's doing is cost-effective. Is, is, what is the Legion doing? Like, and if it's doing so in this multidimensional way where you can't kill them, how do they ever lose? 
know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. How do they ever lose? But they did. They've lost on Azeroth, what, twice now? I'm just imagining the Pantheon pulling a Vincent Price and turning Sargeras into the universe's Edward Scissorhands. Like, yeah. And he just sort of accepted it. <laughs> He had to. Now he's cutting yeah. down worlds because he had to. Yeah, it's, someone's got to. Someone's got to do this. It, it's part of the process that leads to the perfect world. And we don't even know that Azeroth is that world, but Azeroth might be a necessary step on the way. It's a linchpin, and Sargeras has turned on that lin- Like he's he's fixated on Azeroth, and if Azeroth is like the key to the multiverse, then maybe he's trying to pull a Loken. And thinking, okay, I hate my job more than anything in the world. If I get rid of this one thing, if I get rid of this one thing, everything falls apart and I don't have to do what I do anymore. Or he maybe like, here's the thing. The, the Titans might finally think we've got it down. But the only way to know if you've got it down is to test it to its limit. And what's what better limit tester than an unstoppable army of demons led by the greatest warrior in existence? Sargeras is the stress test. You have to put the damn... Who knows how many times that this has happened? If we if we assume that time and space are bendable and, you know, the, the multiverse exists around this linchpin, who knows how many times this guy has done this? And maybe he's disappointed when he wins. One thing that's, that's very, very sure about all of this, though, in this whole global cosmic whatever is going on, we as adventurers of Azeroth are impossibly puny. Yeah. We're very, so terrible, tiny. Terrible. And yet, very annoying. And yet, we've done so much, despite the fact that we are so, so tiny. Think of it this way, you know, when you get a fever, that's that's caused by things you can't even see. Yeah. And they still get me, it still makes me stay in bed for a week. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just want to get up, but I can't even walk. Meanwhile, cut to, inside my digestive system, a small raid of <laughs> microbes. <laughs> tank, is, tank is esophagus. <laughs> You gotta hold aggro until until we cause the explosion. Then he'll be knocked back and prone, and we can climb up into the into the sinuses. Oh man, I missed out on my bonus roll for yes. loot. Rossi, Rossi's selfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should probably start wrapping it up here, um, because despite ourselves, it has been this. This seemed like a very short hour, honestly. <laughs> I'm not sure what we'll talk about next time, but we'll figure something out. Actually, I think next time we talk, it's going to be right after Legion. Yes, yeah, BlizzCon happens in between yeah, mm-hmm. now and then. So we will probably be talking about whatever it is we learned from BlizzCon and how that affects everything else. And I'm pretty sure it'll be entertaining. Um, I'm, I am so dying for Nightborn. I want to know what's up with those guys. Right. I just want everything, like everything. I'd like to know more about that whole Pillars of Creation thing because I'm really fascinated by that concept. But um, So yeah, next time we come to you guys is going to be two weeks and it'll be right after BlizzCon. Uh, let's see. Uh, final thoughts. Let's just get some final thoughts here. Joe, what do you think? I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty pleased with myself right now. <laughs> I, 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 like that. I like the idea of there being like a whole Sliders-esque thing going on here with the Titans. Rossi, what do you think? Uh, I just, you know, I, I want, at some point, I want to know how the Naru got that crystal onto that planet. I, I mean, it's it's just crazy. D- did the Naru predate all civilization on Argus? How old are they? What are they? I mean, they have that whole light-dark life cycle thing. What are they? Where are they from? Th- this is something I want to know. 
I, um, let's see, my final thought, this explains a lot about the Timeless Isle. It's not, it's slipping in and out of reality and possibly slipping in and out of different versions of the world we're on, which is an yeah. interesting concept in and of itself. And it's got a portal to Draenor on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep mind, that's pretty weird. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm like, so it slips to Draenor at some point, huh? So is Draenor Azura. Anyway, it just kind of reinforces all of that brain-bendy stuff we just talked about. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Just so you know, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. We did get a lore watch question on patreon this week however it involved legion and the night elf lore so i think i'm gonna hold that um raven song if you were wondering why we didn't chat about your particular thing it's because i think we should hold addressing it until after blizzcon because we'll have a lot more information for you then that's it for lore watch for this week thanks guys and we will see you next time say bye bye everybody bye Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.